The morality story which we've mentioned many times is that each of the Zogos, really the two Tanoim worked as a team. And they came to talk about two parts of the same principle. And the one discusses the positive, and that's the Nasi. It talks about how, in a certain level, one can work towards Avas Hashem. And the other one discusses the negative, which discusses on the same level how person can avoid uh, something wrong. That's the Yerush And the same thing here, he's going to explain to us how Shemayim and Avtalion really talk about two sides of the same picture. So, around the paragraph which starts with Baruch explains, it's explained, Kishmayim and Avtalion Shneim Lomdu Musa. They both came to teach us the Musa how people who are Chachomim or people in authority can cause the Kiddush Hashem and not Chatz Hashem the opposite. The way the Chachomim can cause the Kiddush Hashem. Reveal to love Hashem. And how is that? When people are happy to support themselves, they look for melacha, they're not looking for other people to take care of them, they're not looking for covet, they're not looking for power, and then people see that their learning is dishma. It's to learn Torah, it's not to get some benefit tangibly from what they're learning. And that's the way that when people act, it causes the Kiddush Hashem, because then they see it as being the right way to act. On the one hand, the person is learning Torah, on the other hand, the person isn't expecting people to have to work on their behalf or do things for them uh, for their Torah learning. So that's the positive of what a person is meant to do in order to cause a Kedosh Hashem. And once again, the Gemara says this, that if a person acts the way he's meant to act and speaks the way he's meant to speak, so people say about him, look how beautiful his actions are, and the result is it causes a Kedosh Hashem. Now the second part, the, what a person is going to prevent is not to cause a Chilol Hashem, and that's how a person shows his Yerush Shemaim, that he's, he's careful not to do anything which will have a negative impact. And what's that? Masha'amar Avtalion, Chacham Mishara B'divreichem, he warns the Chacham to be careful with what they say, for the Hashem Divrei Shemaim, and it comes to complete what Shemaim says, on one hand the person makes sure that his actions cause a Kiddush Hashem, at the same time a person is careful that he doesn't do anything to cause a Chilol Hashem, it's two sides of the same coin. Now, that's the first point. When it comes to Kiddush Hashem, we the opposite. Now, the second point also, where Absalion and Shemaya are a partnership with each other, and that is Kishmaya is the second reason why a person should hate the Rabbanus, the, the authority. Because the Ashma of the Tibur, anything that the Tibur does wrong, is really blamed on the people who could have prevented it, who could have stopped them, who could have warned them. And uh, if they didn't do that, then they're responsible as well. As you know, the famous Gemara, that the Gemara says at the time of the Khurban, that HaKadosh Baruch originally told the Mirus Adin to punish the Rishayim and to spare the Tzadikim. And in the end, the Tzadikim got punished as well. And why did they get punished? Because they could have been Moicha, they should have been tried to be Moicha and prevent the Rishayim doing what the Rishayim did wrong. And for not doing that, they were held responsible for what the Rishayim did. And that's, that's why another reason not to want to be in the position of authority is because then you're going to be responsible for what people do. And that's what brings the Gemara of Amr, the Hanab, the Veresh the people of the Veresh house. Veresh was the person in charge of the autonomous affairs of the Jewish people in Babel. And he had a certain authority, he had his own police force. 
and therefore the Fosim al Kuliyama. They're going to get blamed for the mistakes that the Jews of Babel did. Why? They could have prevented it. They had the power, they had the ability, and the fact that they didn't do that means that they're responsible in some way for the mistakes that other people do. So therefore a person should run from authority because it's really just accepting more responsibility. Now, there's an obvious question I can ask you. Let's start with the story. The story of, there's a certain Talmud of Rabbi Yisrael Salanta, who was well versed in Rabbi Yisrael's Musa, and he was also someone who knew Halacha and was offered the position of being a rabbi of a certain town. And he came to consult with Rabbi Yisrael whether he should take the position or not. And when he explained his hesitation to Rabbi Yisrael, he said to him, I'm scared of the position. That means the person has to take a Christ for Paschal Halacha, the person is responsible for what happens in the town, and I'm scared of assuming such responsibility. And it was well known Rabbi Yisrael answered him and he said to him, so who should become the Rav? The person is not scared of taking the responsibility. In other words, it's understood that that's what's necessary. A person needs to take that responsibility. And uh, they need to be Rabban. And we want a Rav who has that Yerusha mind. So who's meant to be, if the correct approach is to run from and avoid the, the responsibility or the, the leadership, so then who's meant to become a leader? That's a question we can ask on Shemayim. When he says, no, it's a bonus because it comes with added responsibility that now you're a chroi for other people as well. On the other side, Even if he doesn't have power, he's just teacher, a teacher. But nevertheless, as someone is teaching, he also has a certain influence on what he's teaching, what his students understand. And that way he's similar to the Baal Surah, the person who has power, because he can also is also responsible for his teaching and for the students he teaches. And then, He also has to be careful, because otherwise he can also be responsible for other people's mistakes. And how would that be? He's just a teacher. And then if they aren't careful what they say and it's going to cause people to make mistakes, then they're responsible for that because that was due to either a lack of teaching correctly or a lack of making sure that what they taught was understood correctly. So both of them also talk about another aspect, and that is a person's achrayas for the tibur. If a person's in a place of responsibility for the tibur, then a person has a certain achrayas for what the tibur did. And that's why he says after that, they should give two sides of the same Musa. The person shouldn't look for authority. The number of mistakes, number of things which can go wrong from being a Balsara. He should look for a way to, so to speak, support himself without needing to be in a position of communal responsibility. And that will, solve, that will absolve him of this responsibility. And then again, that needs a question, that needs an explanation. So then, who's meant to do the job? If a person is meant to avoid uh, being a rav, so no one's meant to be a rav. A person's meant to avoid being in a position of authority, so no one's meant to be an authority. What's the correct balance in these things? So let's talk about another story of Israel Salanta, and maybe use that to explain. It's known that even though Rabbi Yisrael was one of the greatest Goenim of his time, definitely somebody who was uh, tremendously influential, 
financially Rabbi Israel wasn't wealthy, he was actually supported by some of his admirers, by some of his Talmudim. And the story goes that once there was going to be a state lottery in Russia where the winner would make a profit of millions of rubles. And the Israel heard that his wife wanted to buy a lottery ticket. Who knows, maybe she would be successful and would change their financial situation dramatically. So when the Israel heard that his wife was buying, wanting, telling to buy a ticket, so he calls Shavis Talmudim and he tells him the halacha is that a wife's earnings in some way are belong to the husband, or he has the right to use them. But he said, therefore, I want to de- de- distance myself up front. I want to detach myself up front from my wife's earnings. I want no part of them. But even if she is going to make this money by winning the lottery, I want to, I want it to be clear that it, in, in no way is the money going to be mine, which allegedly a person is allowed to do before he makes the money. And when they asked him, Rebbe, why are you so against getting money? The Israel said the following. He said, right now, I don't have much money. So there's no responsibility I have to Hashem as to why they're poor people. As why is there someone here who can't afford medicine? Why is there a family there who can't afford food? Because I'm not in a position to help them with that. Whereas if I would be a wealthy person and have extra money, so then Hashem would have the time on me. You're a wealthy person. I gave you enough money to support others as well. How could it be that there are poor people in your city? How could it be you weren't taking care of them? And therefore, so Rabbi Shah does not have the money. They have that achrayas in my head. And the question is, what does this mean? It's an, it's an interesting story. As it was that Rabbi Shah's wife never won the lottery, so they, it didn't actually happen. But we have to understand such a story. And that is, we understand Rabbi Shah's zahirus, maybe. His concern that he wouldn't be held responsible for Shemayim for something that he didn't do. But maybe he should do. Rabbi Shalom was a generous person. I'm sure if Rabbi Shalom had money, he would have shared it with the public. So wouldn't that be better? Wouldn't it be better that Rabbi Shalom wins the money and takes care of everybody than they want poor people, rather than somebody else who makes the money, who isn't as generous and isn't going to take care of the rabbi? What is Rabbi Shalom so concerned about? And really, this is the same question we asked before. That for the person who could do a good job, we should want him to do the job. If a person could be a good trustee of Hashem's money and distribute it to the poor, then we would want him to make the money. What is Rabbi Israel's concern? And the answer is it goes to another stage. And that is, Rabbi Israel's concern wasn't that uh, he wouldn't give money to poor people that he knew about. I'm sure Rabbi Israel would. I'm sure Rabbi Israel took good care of the name that he knew about. But the conclusion was, if there's money that he has, then maybe he's responsible to make sure that there aren't other people who need the money that he's not aware of. Maybe if he's in a position to help people, now he has to go and check up on everybody. And maybe there will be people that he wouldn't know about that need the money, and therefore he wouldn't help them. And they would also be held, uh, he would also be held accountable for that. And that's already a new level. It's not just that the person is going to help people who come and ask for help. It's the person going to go and find out, are there people who need my help? And that Rabbi Israel felt that I don't want to do, I don't want to spend my day having to check up on everybody to see who I, who could possibly need my money. And if that's the responsibility of the person who has money, then I'd rather not have that responsibility. But from that we learn that when it comes to a rab, that is his responsibility. If it comes to checking that people are keeping the Torah, that people are doing the right thing, 
So it's not enough that I wait for someone to come and ask me a question and then I'll understand that they're doing the right thing or the wrong thing. If I have responsibility over other people, so I'm then to go and check, are they doing the right thing or not? I'm to check up on them. And that's part of the responsibility that a, rab- that a person in authority has. And if a person doesn't do that and doesn't find out that people are keeping the halacha, then he's neglecting his responsibility. Now that sounds like a tall order, but it's really a halacha. The halacha is the number of dinim that what Basin has to do to ensure that people are keeping the halacha. Basin aren't just waiting for people to come to them and ask them shayla to paskin. Basin has to take an active interest in checking who's keeping the Torah and who's not. And they have to make sure that people aren't going against the halacha. And if they don't do that, then Basin is somewhat responsible for the laxity in halachic observance because they didn't do enough to prevent it happening. That's what Shmaya says a person should d- d- distance himself from authority. Because authority brings with it that tremendous responsibility. Okay, now we go back to the question. So there's not, who, who's meant to take responsibility? Isn't it uh, that's the job someone needs to do? So why wouldn't the person who feels that uh, they're able to do it want to undertake such a job? So the answer is, it's not something which Shemaya said a person shouldn't do. He said, In other words, he didn't say avoid the Rabbanus, like he says afterwards, Zaltis Vad and the Rashus, I don't have any part of it. He says, which means it's not something a person should run to do. It's not like a person looks at it just in the, in the sense of what he's going to gain from the position, the honor he'll get, and therefore he looks to, he runs to try and take it on. No, it comes with a certain uh, acceptance, but with an awareness of the difficulty which is going to be involved. That's what he means by Snow's Harabonus. That there should be an a, a inherent hesitance, if you're in the chorus, before taking on such a position. That a person realizes that Christ is taking on himself. That if he's going to be in a position of sorrow, in a position of authority, that he is aware of the consequences of his position. And now when Absalion talks about it, Absalion is talking about the teacher. What he says is that to teach Torah is a benefit, it's a privilege. Could a person be held responsible? Could a person be held responsible as a teacher for his students' knowledge? Then he has to be careful to make sure he teach them properly. In a sense, that's less difficult. It's less difficult to then have to be in a position where you have to check up what people do in the halacha. I just have to ensure I taught them properly. And here we see an interesting halacha as well. There's a halacha in Hilchah Shabbos, it's in Mishim Chavches, the halacha of Pekach Nefesh, that the Shulchan Aruch says over there, that if a person gets asked the question on Shabbos, of should, he be should somebody be Mechal Shabbos to save an or not, the Shulchan Aruch says, Hanishal Harezim Agunet. If a person gets asked such a question, then there's something bad about the person, something wrong with the person, that he got asked the question of a Pekach Nefesh. And the person wonder about that. What did the person being asked the question do wrong? And the answer is, and the answer is, and then Magna Ram says, because he should have taught people that Allah so clearly, that when the case of emergency arose, and they need to know what to do, they don't need to ask, they already know the Allah. And if it's the case that people don't know the halacha and they have to come and ask, then there's something wrong with the way the person was taught, or was teaching. Why don't you teach him such basic halachas? That's the din of 
that's the din of the the din of a teacher. There's a beautiful Vilagan. And the Vilagan explains based on the Pasuk and Mishlei that we know the Halacha says there's two kinds of guarantors. When a person lends money and he wants to ensure he's going to get his money back and maybe he's not convinced that the borrower will be able to repay, the Halacha is the person can look for a guarantor. And now there's two kinds of guarantors. There's one guarantor called an Arif. And an Arif means uh, the Malva says, if I'm going to go to the Lover, I'm going to go to the borrower, and the borrower can't pay me back, then I'm coming to you. And you're going to have to make good on the debt that the borrower can't repay. And there's a second kind of Arif. What's called an Arif Kablan. And an Arif Kablan is different. And the din of an Arif Kablan is that the lender tells him, you're taking responsibility for this debt. And then if that's the case, I don't have to go to the Lover at all. I can come straight to you. You're responsible for this debt. I'm going to come to you to pay the debt. Afterwards, if you want to go and deal with the borrower, that he should repay you for the fact that you paid his his bills for him, that's between you and him, but I'm going straight to you. And that's an Arab who's a cabron. He accepted the debt on himself. The burden of the debt now rests on him. Says of Vilnagon, when it comes to Shemaim, there's also such a concept. And he said, sometimes, of course, the person does an Avera, he's responsible by Hashem. But sometimes there's an Orev to the Avera. There's someone else that Hashem comes to, so to speak, to collect the debt. And there's an Orev, a regular Orev, and there's an Orev Kabla. Now, it's a bit scary to listen to this next part. Says it on the gun. The first case, the case of the Orev. The person who's the guarantor, so to speak. Says the Vilnagon is the person who taught. Because if a person makes a mistake, so he's responsible to Hashem, why did he do the wrong thing? And if the reason is going to be because I was taught wrong, or because I asked Hashem and I was given the wrong psak, listen carefully, that doesn't ab- absolve the person who did the Avera. He's still responsible for the Avera he did, but the person who taught him wrong is an Orev, and Hashem is going to go to that person too, so to speak, as a guarantor. Why did you cause this person to make an error? In fact, the, the proof of that is that the only time we find that if a person does something also, because he was accepting a psak, and, it, and the psak was wrong, that the individual is potter, is only by the best in Haggadah. If the Sanhedrin Paskins wrongly, and people listen to them, then the, the burden of guilt lies only on the Sanhedrin. Whereas if it's not the Sanhedrin of God, if it's any other Rav or Chacham or Pesach, whatever it might be, who rules wrong, and the person listens and because that he did the wrong thing, then that individual has to be the one to go and, and bring the carbon. Because it's considered his mistake. Yes, Hashem will go back to the one who taught him also, why did you teach wrong? But that is the second step. That's only as an Arif. Says the Gaon, but by Adain it's different. Because by a judge, two people come to the judge, and now the judge is going to make sure that the one gives to the other one. If there's an argument between Reuben and Shimon, and the judge rules, Reuben, you're going to, I'm going to take the money away from you, and I'm going to award it to Shimon. So then, it's not that Shimon's the one who's took money, Shrekadin, and the judge is responsible as, one, as an Arif. Says the Bible, no, when it comes to a judge, he's a Kablan. 
Hashem comes to him first. You passed and wrong, and you caused the money to get taken wrongly from one to the other one. The echo burden of guilt lies on you. And that's the difference between the two. And it's the same you said over here. When it comes to Srara, when it comes to authority, or the case of the Maralbot of the Rosh Galutta, who had power, he had a police force and he can enforce things, there's much more responsibility. Because you, you can make things happen or you can prevent things from happening. And then if you're going to cause something to happen or you're going to stop something happening, it's you doing it. You're the primary, so to speak, primarily responsible. Whereas when it comes to, our time is talking about the teacher, he can't make things happen. He can teach. And of course the teacher has to be careful with what he says, that people don't make mistakes based on what he says. But that's of a lower nature. That's only as the Oref, so to speak, that he's responsible for causing other people to make mistakes rather than being the one who's primarily responsible for the mistake. So I find that is Lashon Shnoisarabonus or Shnoisar teaching. He says the Lashon of be careful when you teach. Be careful when you teach, you're not going to cause other people to be nefshah. And that's the Hanhaga of people who are above, who are, so to speak, in a position above others. A person is meant to act with those who are underneath him. The Nasi is what a person should do and how to make a Hashem and also how to be wary of the responsibility of being in charge. And our basin warns what not to do, that's part of it. That's what to be careful of and teach us. This is an amazing thing. The Gemara tells us about them. They were descended from Gerim. The Gemara says in Gitan that Ibnay Bonav shall Sancherib down to Terebu Rabim, Umanir Shmaev Aftalyan. Shmaev Aftalyan were descendants of Sancherib. And similarly, the Gemara says in Yuma, there's a story there that the Almatim Kippur, the Jewish people, were leaving the base of Migdash and they were following the Kohen Gadol, Vakat Chazyu, Shmaev Aftalyan, Vakaosu Shakov, Azabat Shmaev Aftalyan. When they saw Shmaev Aftalyan, instead of following the Kohen Gadol as an honor to him, Instead, they follow Shmaya Avtalyan as a Gedali Adar, as an honor to them. And when the Shmaya Avtalyan came to thank the Kohen Gadol for doing the Avaida, and so if also Shmaya Avtalyan, after he renamed the Kohen Gadol, Amr Yezim Bnei Mamayan Deshalem. He was offended that Kilo, the Jewish people, had awarded the, their Nasi more covered than him as a Kohen Gadol, and if he said, Shalom to you Bnei Mamayan, which means children of converts, which was the wrong thing to say, it was obviously an insult to the Gedaliyadah, even though they were children of converts. Now, obviously it means not that they were Gerim themselves. The Lachi is that a person can only appoint a Nasi or a Basin from someone who's born a Jew, not from a Ger. And what it means is the mother was from Klai but they were descended before they from Gerim. And that's what he says. It has to be like that. Because for the mana, you call Mosher Avos Elam Kushar Musudarim Kefiroi the Sardis Elam in Korabris. Asher Adam Shleich Halem that the Zav the Nechal took on the different levels of the generations of the Zugas spoke about different relations the person can have. Like we said, first with his family, then with his friends, people who's close to him, then with people more distant, and eventually with people who in the level beneath him. And that's what he says over here. Vayarish and Adain Chibu Veshayich Slanidonim. Was that the previous level was the level of the Dayan, 
A person is in the control, the, the interaction he has with those people that he's in control over. The nature of Surah is a person distances himself from the people he's in control over. Uh, the reality holds itself so it's like on a pedestal above everybody else. The mighty he still has to interact with them because he has to rule them. That's his leadership. Normally, a rab is meant to show a certain distance from his students to be on a level above them, but uh, he still connects to them. And what's the rab to do that? That's what we have the Musa of Shmai Bavtani. And the Fiyach of Ahmad Shmai Bavtani by the Chachamim in an Echatu Hanhagim Oizm Shem Tachtos. So that's the fourth level that he talks about the level of Shmai Bavtanyan. The way that the, a person is meant to act with those people who is in control over, and the the one is to use up his position to make a kiddush Hashem and not the opposite, and the other one is to make sure that his his responsibility towards the people that he's in control over is not going to that is not going to allow them to do things which are wrong because that's going to cause uh, that's going to be his responsibility too. One final thought about this, and it's an amazing thing. We said, Shemayin Aftalyon, we're children of Sancheref. Why was Sancheref, who was such a Russia, Zoichev to have children who were Gedali Yisrael? Sancheref, as we know, was the ultimate despot of his time. He was one of those people who ruled the world. He conquered everywhere in the inhabited world. But he didn't just conquer the world. Sancheref was somebody who embarked on a resettlement project of the whole of humanity. He moved people from one country to the next. And Gemara uh, says a number of times, also Sancheref, he turned the world upside down. He moved this, he put the Teres Hashvatim into exile until today, we don't know where they are. That was more than just rulership, it was an exercise of absolute power. That was the one thing we find about Sancheref. And the second thing we find about Sancheref is besides for coming to attack Yerushalayim, uh, which Miraculously, he lost. The Hashem destroyed his army, but he, he, we also find he was the one who cursed Hashem, cursed the base of Megdash, cursed everybody. And it was the second part of the evil of Sancheirev. We don't find necessarily the other uh, others of our enemies. Why would someone like that be zeichet to have children tzaddikim? So the principle is, and as Mufashim say, it's true Sancheirev was a Russia. And it's true here, I'm sure, is got punished and is still getting punished for the evil that he was and the evil he represented. But, on the other hand, the story of Sancheir resulted in a tremendous Kedesh Hashem. Because of that, the whole world saw the Nesir Hashem did. So even if he was an unwitting participant to that, but Lemais, he still was a participant in the Kedesh Hashem. And therefore he was Zeicha to have descendants who would bring about the Kedesh Hashem. Just like we find Bahamun. Bahamun was also one of those all-star Rishon who wanted to destroy the Jewish people. And Bahamun was also a source of the Kiddush Hashem. Not because he wanted it to be, but that's what happened. And we know that Bahamun's descendants learned Torah in Bnei Brak. He was also Zeichet to descendants who would bring about uh, or deserve the Kiddush Hashem, so to speak, that he brought about. That's not a credit to Bahamun, that's not a credit to Sancheru. Like I said, they might be being punished. But there was a certain element of where... They, because of them a good thing happened 
and that resulted in children who were talikim. And if you understand that, then we understand Shmaya of Talian came to correct the Ra of Sancheirev. The first Ra of Sancheirev was his, his, his exercise of force, of authority, in the way that he, he controlled the world as a despot. He moved the whole world population from one place to the next. That's something which definitely didn't endear him to the populations he was part of, or he was in control of. It was a misuse of power. And that's what Shmaya comes to tell us. So Metak in that point, Shmaya says, what's the correct way to use power? A person should hate that Yisra, uh, should hate that Yisra, that Rabbanus. If a person's in control, he should use it to be responsible for people, and not to take advantage of people, and definitely not to exercise power over people. And the second thing with Batan we saw was the Ra of coming to curse. The Klai Yisrael, the Baisimikdash, Hashem, and everything else. And that of Talion, his, his uh, other descendant comes to tell us, is Be careful with what you say. To fix that route and Sancherev by being attacking the Kaya Chadibur, which Sancherev was r- ruined. And that's why he says also that a person can bring about a Kiddush Hashem through how they speak. In that way, Sancherev's descendants came to attacking the evil that Sancherev brought about. The one was to teach us how to accept authority responsibly and use it for the benefit of the Tibur and not for the benefit of oneself. And the other one was the care one has to take with what one says, that one's words are going to be Kiddush Hashem and not Chas the opposite.